0: Welcome to the Cybersecurity Matters podcast, a series of interviews with key leaders throughout the industry, all brought to you by the cybersecurity team at NUCO, a specialist global recruitment and executive search firm. Welcome to the Cybersecurity Matters podcast. Your hosts today are me, Jake Sparks, heading up the cybersecurity division here at NUCO, and my colleague, Alexandra O'Shaughnessy-Treadwell. Hey, Alexandra. And we're delighted to be joined today by Marco Pineda. Thank you very much, Jake uh, th-
1: and uh, Alexandra as well. Uh, really appreciate uh, the invitation and uh, looking
0: forward to chatting today. Wonderful, wonderful. Great to have you here. Thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, an international CISO with a particular specialism in the finance industry, Marco has over 20 years of experience in information security. Beginning his career as an engineer in the early 2000s, Marco took on a director-level role for Morgan Stanley. Progressing his career in security and risk leadership roles, he spent the best part of a decade at J.P. Morgan, making a big move from his native New York to Switzerland as their EMEA asset management CISO. Uh, Next followed an influential role for the World Economic Forum as head of cyber technology and innovation, and he's currently consulting. What a journey. So, yeah, great to have you here, Marco. Thank you. Thank you, Jake. Excellent, excellent. Uh, to get us started, we always love to ask people the same thing: How sure. did you first get into? How did you first get into the cybersecurity industry? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I started out in my career, as you mentioned, uh, as an engineer. I was
1: actually a software engineer, a uh, developer, um, writing some uh, software for uh, the Swift system. Uh, this is way back oh, okay. when; is much uh, uh, much different than it is today. And um, you know, I was asked to uh, implement some public key, uh, uh, public key, uh, encryption technology into into the system. Uh, and that that sort of got me hooked. But what really made my uh, uh transition i think for was like just i just always loved like more than building things sort of breaking things in a way <laughs> uh just like trying to figure out how i could get around um kind of controls in a system no, not not necessarily in a malicious way just like uh, just the sort of um you know intellectual curiosity of okay mm-hmm. you, you've got this sort of security system in here whether it's uh login and password or something else or uh or permissions um, how do i get around that right and that always kind of fascinated me so and that kind of built on itself uh through the years and uh, uh, you know, but uh, by the time uh, I had left that particular company, I decided to um, you know, go into security full time. Of course, back then it was information security and wasn't wasn't uh, as recognized uh, a sort of practice as it as it is today. But um, mm. but nevertheless, something very interesting even back
0: back then. Absolutely, absolutely. And Swift was pretty pivotal at the time, right? Oh, absolutely yeah yeah i mean uh, at that point it was
1: fairly well established already of course the funds transfer system but it's changed a lot since then it's 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 much bigger these days and the uh, the um you know the uh, security systems are are much more sophisticated compared to back then but nevertheless they are uh, uh, of course still underpins
0: a lot of the uh, financial uh, uh, uh financial systems around the world interesting interesting yeah it's a magnet for the uh, for the technologically curious isn't it cybersecurity so that's great thank you absolutely thank you. yeah Yeah. Uh, We're interested in business culture, particularly uh, comparing the U.S. uh, and Switzerland. Um, Uh What differences did you notice and what changes did you have to make to how you work and communicate when you made that move?
1: Well, I think uh, there's there's lots of aspects to that uh, facets to that particular question right i mean there's the cultural change obviously going from the u.s to switzerland uh work culture is a little bit different um work culture in geneva i think is particular as well even within mm-hmm. switzerland um it's an international uh organization in as much as jp was international even when you're in new york nevertheless um when i was here i was surrounded by folks from all over the world um, i think one of the very s- simplest first things is that hey uh, you know you've got uh, you've got I cut down a bit on your, um, how should we say it, uh, your figures of speech or your expressions, et cetera, mm-hmm. and speak a more kind of international English, for one thing. Um wow. Uh, in a business culture sense, I think uh, Europe in general has uh, greater sensitivity to privacy, even before G- GDPR, et cetera. So that mm. was one of the main things I think I had to learn, particularly in Swiss banking, of course, uh, that I had to learn um, just moving over here. Just that, that aspect of it was as much as important as it was back in uh, the US and back in New York. Uh, it was very much uh, front of mind for a lot of people uh mm. here in uh in geneva when i was working uh, I was working for the bank uh so i think that in particular is different um yeah. and, and of course um you know like in a more lighthearted part i think uh uh here in europe we like to take our time off a little bit more seriously right yeah, uh, yeah like work life yeah. balance is a little bit different here which uh, yes, which i quite. appreciate frankly
0: mm. it's probably yeah. why i'm
1: still here after 10 years
0: yeah absolutely, absolutely. holidays are kind of sacrosanct in in Switzerland, aren't they, in a way that I don't don't see as much of uh, in the U.S.? A little bit more, yes, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Interesting. Thank you. Thank you. And How has the role of CISO changed over the past 20 years, particularly in heavily regulated markets like finance? Oh, um, I think it's quite a bit, actually, I would say. Mm. Uh, When I
1: was uh, early on in my career, I think it was a very technical role. Um, certainly you had to know and it remains that to a certain extent but you really had to know the nuts and bolts of the systems that uh, both you're protecting that you're running to protect those systems. Um, You didn't necessarily have to be super expert at it but uh, you had to be at least fluent at it. You still sort of have to be today but on top of that I think uh, CISOs are expected to be um, uh, good risk professionals as well Mm. uh, so that they can understand the facets of for instance policy. Um, They can understand also the facets of the business that they're required to, uh, to support. So I think those things make for a more well-rounded uh, CISO. I think mean, that kind of um, better business focused um, uh, roundedness is required. Right now, of uh, the average CISO, that I don't remember necessarily uh, from my past.
2: So, yeah, uh, if
1: anything, uh, more is expected of them than there mm. was before. And and you know, this thing that uh, uh, I think people were always advocating for is the CISO, like reports. Uh, you know, say for instance, directly the CEO. And uh, we've seen that a lot these days. But that, that comes with uh, um that comes with its own responsibilities, such as you really do have to be more aware of what the challenges are on the Mm. business side, uh, not just the technology security side. Uh, So a lot more is required of uh, a CISO these days, I think, than
0: there was Mm. in the past. Interesting, very interesting. So you need to be able to speak strategy uh, uh, as well as being able to talk to the technical people as well. Absolutely. Uh, if you're in the
1: banking business, you have to be able to understand what uh, your particular branch of the banking business does. If it's a, it's a multi uh, kind of a, uh, a, sort of a multi-business uh, line of business, uh, a bank, a very large one like JP, you have to be uh, fluent in uh, the consumer banking side as well as investment banking side as well as asset management, etc. Which, uh, which, frankly, yeah, as you know, it's challenging. It's challenging even yeah, for professional right. bankers. So, uh, so yeah, actually, yeah, you do have to be very aware of what your business is doing. If you're, if you're in, um, uh, if you're in aerospace right now, you better understand the, uh, aerospace and satellite business, right. Uh, as a CISO, mm. because, Hey, those are the assets you're protecting in a way, yeah. I guess it, it should have always been that way. Uh, mm. but it's more expected and explicit these days than it was before when yeah. I think CISOs were seen as, um, supporting, uh, technology, right. Yeah. Uh, and now we're kind of more well-rounded supporting business in a sense.
0: Interesting. Uh, and and adding value to the business, as a matter of fact. Thank you. Thank you. That's great. That's great. And on to some more um, uh, questions around the present day. Um, so considering pandemic accelerated digitization in areas like remote working and mobile technology, uh, what does this mean for the banking industry from a security point of view?
1: Yeah, um, I, I think it means pretty much what it means for most of the other industries. Mm. Uh, workforce is more dispersed. Uh, they're not in the office anymore. I think it accelerates a trend that uh, I think folks have been seeing for a while already. Um, and maybe this is a cliche at this point, but essentially the, your, your boundaries aren't the same as they were 10 years ago, uh, if they even exist these days. So you, it's no longer sort of a uh, a castle and keep model where you have a, you know a fortress around yeah. your uh, around your assets uh, your assets are spread out all over the place you have to be able to handle somebody working remotely from home as well as sitting in the office um, and and frankly these days also uh, having assets in the cloud in other words in somebody else's uh, data center how do you protect yeah. those as they uh, even for financial uh, companies uh, who mm. uh, are probably more uh, uh at pres- in pressure, I say, or more more likely to keep some of their assets in house. Uh, mm. Even these companies uh, are are being uh, I say are being forced to, to to take a look at cloud computing. So then mm. your your assets are really everywhere, along with your people as well. Yeah. So uh, I think it just accelerated a trend anyway. Um, mm. And and for financial, I think for the financial industry, they're probably better placed than most in my experience, except maybe for the technology companies uh because they're quite used to uh remote working already, at least they were when I was working there. So mm-hmm. um I, I'm sure they they picked it up without too much of uh uh, an issue here in Switzerland, I think the challenges were a little bit different uh, because of uh, Swiss privacy rules. Um, yeah. They had to be more careful about uh, what bankers could be working on if they had to work remotely. And mm. as a matter of fact, I think they were one of the first folks who had to come back because of those rules. So uh, again, it varies and depending. You know, when you say financial, it, it's really you can't be that productive mm. really, right? Uh, the different kinds of financial businesses sure. as well. So it, it really does depend. But like I said, I think it's something that they've seen for a while and just accelerated
0: the trend. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, great, great. Thank you, thank you. And and it's, it's obviously a very competitive uh, vendor cybersecurity vendor market. Um, and they're all looking to get the ear of the of the CISO. Um, how can, as a CISO, how can you cut through the fluff and determine genuine value in this crowded market? Um, that's difficult.
1: Nobody has enough time to actually do that themselves. Um, if you had, if I had quite a bit of resources, I would kind of take uh, in some ways, I'd take the initiative and actually have, for instance, a, uh, a, an R&D group. Uh, they did that at a very large uh, US bank uh, that uh, we were speaking with when I was at the World Economic Forum. Uh, and um, uh, this bank had actually established an R&D group that reached out uh, to, um, uh, to startups, Uh, security startups Mm. uh, firms that were just uh, that were incubators that were just starting up their 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 own businesses uh, and actually um collaborated with them they didn't necessarily buy the product Uh, a lot of their um uh, a lot of their value add to these companies was we'll work with you we'll give you feedback We'll, we might even test some of your systems. We won't necessarily buy them, mm. but uh, we can we can give you input on how they would work uh, for our business, which in, in, wow. in and of itself is very valuable to them, but it also gives you a direct front seat uh, mm. to these developing trends in the security industry. So if I had those resources, I would do that. If I'm like uh, probably 80, 90% of CISOs out there who don't have that big uh, resource, then um, uh, it's definitely a challenge. And I think ultimately what you're looking for is not the best technology out there. It's the best technology for your particular situation. Mm. Uh, right? So if you happen to be running a lot of Microsoft products obviously, in in Azure, I think those products might be the best fit for you. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, On the other hand, uh, if you're some other kind of shop, uh, say you run a lot of Linux, then you got to take a look at those markets as well. Mm -hmm. Um, You do have to be careful about kind of this new technology that if you do want to get into it because you see a need there um uh and, and in that case then there's not much choice but to do quite a bit of research uh, but yeah, then right. hopefully those that's a more manageable um uh subset uh, of the of the new vendors mm. out there but yeah, yeah i think i think that's just something to keep in mind for most of it's something i kept in mind anyway
0: which was mm. uh it's not the best product it's the best product for your particular situation yeah absolutely absolutely and 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 how what how do you perceive the caliber of vendor as a CISO that, that vendors are looking to get hold of how do you perceive the the caliber of 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 messaging and marketing that that you're receiving what's it like being on the receiving end of it and how
1: um you know,
0: what's your let me see. I think it's it's interesting.
1: You're catching me at an interesting time. I was uh, sitting actually in a sort of a a, a pitch competition last night uh, held by uh, um, uh, one of the um, uh, cybersecurity um, uh, uh, um, kind of uh, radar uh, companies out there, to kind of taking a look at all these vendors. Mm-hmm. And it was a it's a wide variety of, uh, of vendors. And I I won't say necessarily which one it was, but the one that won was the one that had the best pitch. But I actually found their pitch to be a little bit artificial. And I kind of questioned, like it was so smooth. It was a little too Mm -hmm. slick where I thought like, okay, what's the actual technology behind it? I think um, as far as the uh, reaching out to me, um, I get a lot of uh, add requests on linkedin for instance mm. uh, which is uh, you know not really that useful i i think i mean i'm happy to, to add you to my network every once mm. in a while although i've really stopped doing that uh, for the most part just because i get inundated with these mm. requests from um, business uh, business development folks and yeah. you know uh, god bless them I know how hard it is to to carry a uh, a bag but at the same time if you've got uh, i think i've learned and it's probably mark Cuban said this like you know it's like Selling is uh, the approach to selling is like you really want to help the person mm-hmm. like um you, so you got to understand the kind of the pain that they're going through so mm-hmm. rather than kind of spraying out and i know you have to do cold calling every once in a while once you've done that like understand the kind of pain that uh, they're going through what kind of challenges they're uh they're seeing and how you're how you might be able to help them yeah. uh, meet those challenges i think that's my preference mm-hmm. um and occasionally that that does work i think the most successful folks uh who sell into organizations that i've been to have taken that approach where i say like look mm-hmm. you got a problem we think we can help you and here's how we can help you yeah, as opposed quite. to hey shiny new things and i'll i'll, I'll slap <laughs> on ai or yeah. zero trust or whatever mm. the uh the buzzword of the moment yeah. is that yeah. that doesn't really sell to
0: most people or yeah quite anyway. quite absolutely absolutely the the the, the approach of, i don't know what your problem is but rest assured we can definitely sell yeah 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 um, whatever yeah. you've got i've got i've got the latest <laughs> shiny ai here yeah so it'll solve all mm. your problems yeah yeah Excellent, excellent. Thank you. Really interesting. Um, how can security frame itself more positively to help enterprises reach their financial goals um, instead of perhaps uh, on occasion being viewed as a cost center? Right, right, right. I think uh, um,
1: that that's a great question. Actually, I've I've always taken one of the reasons I went to the World League Economic Forum uh, to to head up technology and innovation is like I I wanted to see. Uh, how, uh, how uh, cybersecurity can actually help businesses meet their, their goals, right? Mm. And I think uh, we can take a good cue from our colleagues who are CTOs, for instance, who are looking at the um, new technologies coming up, trying to see how they might fit in with the business strategies, it always follows from the business strategy. Uh, we've sometimes, uh, by we, I mean folks in the cybersecurity sector, have sometimes been layered behind IT. That's changing a bit. I think we're seeing that. Uh, I think folks are starting to realize that it's a separate sort of practice. There's IT security, and then there's there's kind of information security, which is which is different, related, but different, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I think the important part is like, uh, you know, besides doing your job, obviously, and that may be challenging enough, but if you want to show value to the company, understand the business uh, strategy uh, Mm -hmm. as well as you can, then take a look at your sort of portfolio of services slash products and see how that might be able to support it. And, you know, take some initiatives here here and there, uh, and, and, and do some stretches and say like, you know, here's a proposal for you. I, you know, like I remember back in the uh, Morgan Stanley days, um, this early on uh, when we uh, applied single sign-on, uh, that uh, was successful uh, because a lot of folks were able to see that, the single sign-on system. Folks were logging in like uh, with uh, a dozen different applications during the day and having to do it multiple times. I think at the end of the day, we remember that project that we put together saved something like thirty thousand man hours or something,
2: wow. which was amazing.
1: Yeah, uh, man yeah. hours a I think I want to say a month. I think if I remember correctly, that was a, that was a wow. figure, which was amazing, right? I mean, that's yeah. direct business impact. Mm. So, so looking at things like that, where you know you might be able to smooth the path a little or. Uh, Say, like, uh, you know, you've got uh, a particularly good way of, um, uh, say, protecting documents that Mm -hmm. would help uh, your business be able to ship around information and share information better, uh, Mm -hmm. or, or do secure collaboration. And I think those are the things that are the particular. Uh, you know, specialty bailiwick of uh, uh, of security professionals, if you can help with that, that helps the business directly. And then those are just examples, right? It's mm, really right. being creative, taking a look at uh, what your skill sets are, what your services have uh, uh, exist within your portfolio, and seeing mm-hmm. how they might be able to support the business in their goals. Mm-hmm. And of course, that means understanding the business goals. Very important.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Great. Thank you. Fantastic insight. Much appreciated. The better alignment with business goals. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Mm. Thank you, thank you. Uh, and on to quite a topical uh, question, actually. Um, what does distributed ledger technology, so DLT, uh, and its applications like blockchain and cryptocurrency, mean for the future of the global financial industry? Uh, that's amazingly topical,
1: isn't it? Like uh, based <laughs> on the uh, uh, the events this week. Uh, wow. Uh, you know, if you'd asked me that question last week, I'd probably have like a really long. Uh, Uh, technical discussion about that, Um, although I'm not an expert necessarily uh, on uh, securing DLT. But uh, I think these days, folks have to take a look at, I'll go back into, uh, as far as DLT is concerned, um, making sure that you understand uh, what the application is, right? So um, my, I think I still stand by, I think DLT, blockchain, whatever, these are great, Technologies for environments with a low trust, uh, kind of a low trust uh, uh, atmosphere, mm-hmm. um, uh, kind of cross-border stuff, perhaps, or or between companies, etc. That uh, you don't do actually have a lot there. That you need some sort of intermediary uh, to give that trust. So, yeah. given that kind of uh, 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 given that kind of uh, background, then. Um, Uh, In some ways, uh, a lot of the CISO work from the technical point of view goes to the same sort of things that it was before, securing the resources, understanding, because this might be distributed, what happens out there, but -hmm. then also understanding the business part, like why are we using DLT Mm -hmm. to begin with, and what are the impacts to me? I'm not going to talk about the crypto impact, it's a whole different thing, right? I mean, it's related, obviously, but uh, Mm -hmm. what's been going on lately. but I think uh, that's going to give a lot of people pause uh, on the technology itself, now, yeah. which, you know, you may say unfortunate, unfortunate. I think it's a very interesting, very cool kind of technology. Yeah. Um, but uh, crypto was really their killer application. So if that's impacted, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, what uses other people come up with right now. Um, yeah. I think, like for instance, one of the most interesting things I've seen so far for DLT, at least proposed, I don't know if it ever happened, was uh, cross-border um, kind of customs uh, documentations wow. or bills of lading. I think that's mm-hmm. great. Like this kind of low trust over there because uh, each government yeah. has their own systems, but how do I get across uh, documents that each, uh, each government, if I'm crossing borders, mm-hmm. will trust, right? I think, for instance, there dlt is great oh and by the way like you should have uh, it should be a system to, that doesn't require a lot of performance because dlt mm-hmm. is generally a slow slow yeah. performing system right so yeah. so those kinds of things i think those will be very interesting it'll be interesting to see whether the what the impact of dlt is from the recent events with crypto mm-hmm. uh whether it uh, it hits them uh it hits DLT also from a reputational uh, mm. point of view, whether the impact is there as well, or will it force people to take a look at other uses for uh, distributed leather, ledger technology? Uh, I think right. preferably that would be second because I think it's a very interesting
0: technology that has its uses. Interesting, interesting. Thank you. And, it, and it's great to hear, um, you know, that people are keeping an open mind about, about um. DLT and it, you know and, and cryptocurrency, even with the with recent uh, with recent events, uh, you know, there's a sense of not wanting to throw the baby out with the bathwater, right? There's some genuine value there. Precisely,
1: exactly, yeah. exactly. It, it's mm. definitely it's definitely a, an interesting technology, and yeah, we should be taking a look at it for those uh, those other sorts of situations where it is uh,
0: a, probably a valid use case, right? Interesting. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and what are the security challenges that these technologies present?
1: Um, it's, I, it's mostly the distributed part, I guess, right. Mm. Uh, and understanding and, and the mass behind it, uh, is certainly a challenge. You'll have to get folks who really understand, uh, how the maths go. Um, I can go on about like, uh, you know, the, the 50%, uh, attack, et cetera. I, I don't think, uh, I think it's only part of the, uh, the issue. I think it's, it's, it's a much, and you should really get somebody who's like really expert at it, uh, much more than I am necessarily, but I think the challenges sort of remain the same. For most other technologies today, with the uh, additional flavor, hey, you, you have this uh, system that may be sitting on systems that not only are somebody else's, but you don't control at all. Mm. So I think that's a, 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 an interesting kind of risk um, facet that might be unique to the DLT uh, yeah. area. I could be wrong there, but I think that's I think that's part of it. Certainly, But even an app, right? Like... I can I can I can publish an app. Um, but it's still my app to control the code is still mine um mm-hmm. if I put a ledger out there by definition somebody else is managing that uh, uh, that ledger I mean along with me with proof like with mathematical yeah, yeah. proof obviously but they've got sitting on their own machine they're taking care of it themselves mm-hmm. um it's their copy of it so it, it's it's an interesting challenge I think for most uh, uh for CSOs. and uh, I I haven't yet heard and maybe it's my own. Um, my own ignorance here, but I haven't yet heard like a good kind of risk analysis yet on what that actually means for, uh, for a company.
2: Mm. And That's I'd argue nice maybe, answer. maybe
1: Thanks. even the companies that are in there have not done that because based on like this week's uh, events, again, yes, uh, right.
0: yeah, maybe that, that risk isn't well understood there either. Thank you. Thank you. That's really helpful. Um, and, and on to some uh, core questions around uh, diversity to Alexandra.
2: Thank you, Jake. And um, great insights so far, Marco. I'm loving to, to hear about your career. So, in that, how have you seen really diversity improve during your career so far?
1: Um. Hmm. I I had to think about that a little bit. I, I think my 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 initial like knee-jerk reaction is like, gee, has it really? I mean, I've seen like sort of the same faces younger, perhaps, uh, these days than I have before.
2: Mm-hmm but yeah. i think what
1: is yeah but i think what is heartening however is that i do see Maybe not enough, but I see more uh, women, for instance, in leadership roles uh, in cybersecurity. Uh, whereas I think when I was first starting out, it was almost predominantly a male-led uh, uh, sort of uh, uh, organization or or, or, or sector. Um, mm-hmm. So we've got like you know great uh, female CSOs uh, in financial organizations uh, in the states, for instance, uh, all over the place. And I think that's that's a wonderful development. Uh, I think uh, you know the main I'm not an expert at it. I'm not an HR guy. I'm not a diversity expert. But I think for me, one of the most useful things about uh, increased diversity is that you're bringing in uh, different cultural views uh, necessarily from people. And so Mm -hmm. that just helps. At the end of the day, uh, cybersecurity is problem solving.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. brings new opinions.
1: Exactly. So bringing new opinions in, bringing Mm -hmm. new perspectives in uh, Mm -hmm. and helping you and helping uh, and that helps you essentially um, solve the problems that you're mm. faced with. And you, you're, you're, I'm, I'm always surprised about which side of the room sometimes these solutions come from and mm. why they come from there. And a lot of it is because we brought in people from kind of uh, diverse cultures, I'll use the diverse word, mm. diverse cultures uh, and, and, and diverse backgrounds to give yep. their opinions on it. So I think that's how it's changed. I think we see more women in leadership roles not enough, but uh, at least it's it's going that direction. So hopefully, hopefully that continues.
2: Yeah, no, it's really encouraging to hear that you're also seeing that in your personal experience at leadership levels, because I know that women into tech and STEM is, it's increasing, and it's doing really well, but it tends not to be at that high level. So good to see that you're seeing that. And so what do you think can be done then to keep this momentum up?
1: Um, I think uh, we continue to uh, encourage, uh, not just women, but People from all backgrounds to enter STEM, mm-hmm. as as we're trying to do right now.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, uh, I I would hope that eventually that pressure of folks coming in at uh, at the ground level uh, eventually makes its way to the top. I think I think it has to at some point. Uh, just just having that c- a good mass of people. And frankly, I think cybersecurity right now, because of our kind, our uh, 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 as folks know, like the pipeline is just not that big for cybersecurity mm-hmm. and and the talent. Uh, talent pressures, uh, the, the pressure to, to, uh, to get talent is so great right now. It's a great place for folks to really build a diverse team. And for folks mm-hmm. who are coming from uh, non-traditional backgrounds, maybe that's a word to use, uh, to kind of get in there. And really, uh, and really make something uh, uh, make a difference there in that particular sector because there's such a need right now. So uh, you know, help fill help fill the vacuum. Come on in. Um, if you're in STEM right now, I'd I, I tell folks uh, take a look at cybersecurity. It's it's a super interesting uh, uh, sector and uh, it's got uh, it's got a lot of needs right now. It's got a great future. So um, yeah. uh, whatever happens uh, with the uh, current uh, geopolitical situation situation uh if anything we'll need more cybersecurity professionals in place
2: yeah very true very true thank you for that great insights now to bring it to more a personal fun level um, okay. i'm sure our viewers Uh-oh. are interested <laughs> interested in your life I'm outside of work <laughs> okay. and so what would be your perfect weekend what would your perfect weekend look like
1: oh my gosh um let me see i am particularly blessed in that not I'm, I'm I I live in a region where I've got um, Burgundy to the north of me and to the south I've got northern Italy so um, for for a wine lover like myself it's just like a Mar- a marvelous place to be. Plus, I'm additionally lucky because my wa- my wife enjoys wine as well. So, mm-hmm. a perfect weekend. Uh, hopefully, it's one coming up. Uh, it, it happens to be uh, my anniversary. So, Aww, uh, yes, yes. So, uh, hopefully, we'll we'll get to spend some time together, uh, drink some good wine. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, frankly, as long as I'm spending with my family, I I have I have no complaints. So, my perfect weekend is a uh, weekend with my family, uh, enjoying some good food, some good wine.
2: Nice. Red, white, mm. or rose?
1: Um, I drink all of that, actually. But of course, <laughs> all but of I'm, it.
2: I'm not big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: But, but, but I'm a red wine drinker. It's true. Mm.
2: Nice. Mm. But most part, okay. Yeah. Well, on to something that we call a bit of a quick fire round here. So it's a this or a that. Um, it kind of gets you to think on your feet. So no clues sure. here. Are you ready?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Let's go.
2: Fab. City or country? Oh. Wow!
1: Uh, I know it's rapid fire, but uh, let's just sit city <laughs> right now.
2: Okay, Netflix or Disney Plus? Uh, Netflix. Microsoft or Apple? Apple. Crisp bills or contactless payments?
1: Oh, contactless payments, absolutely.
2: What was the last movie you watched?
1: Ooh, uh, let me see. I did catch. For a new movie, I did catch bullet train uh, mm-hmm. on the plane, which was a lot of fun, I have to say. Um, but I've also recently, uh, for the first time, watched La Dolce Vita uh,
2: mm. for Fellini, right, which, yeah. uh, which mm. was
1: magnificent. I, uh, mm. I didn't know what I was missing. And mm. uh, I'm going to have to watch a lot more for Fellini from now on. But yeah, both, mm. were you know, very different movies, but uh, both a lot of fun.
2: Yeah, yeah. for sure. Uh, so mountain peaks or bright sunny beach?
1: Uh, again, you're making it really difficult for me because uh, as much as I love the mountains, uh, actually, I'll say mountains right now, having lived in uh, Switzerland for quite a while. Although if you ask me like uh, 10 years ago, I'd definitely say beaches because uh, I'm a beach <laughs> kind of guy. But, you know, it's hard. It's a toss up. But I'll, mm-hmm. I'll say mountain peaks for now.
2: <laughs> for sure. Morning or evening?
1: Um, mm, evenings. Evenings, I think. And-
2: yeah, and if you could eat one meal for the rest of your life, what would it be?
1: Oh my gosh! Wow,
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> these are the wrong questions to ask me, really, because it's just like, over. If I had uh, one meal to eat, um, let me see. Uh, assuming no health consequences, no. maybe eggs Benedict
2: nice, but, nice. Uh,
1: yeah and and, good again, choice. and assuming no health consequences i do love a uh, good uh, harmonica as well so mm. uh hard to say <laughs> depends on the mood
2: <laughs> and then if you could live anywhere where would it be
1: uh might still be hawaii my nice. might still and be
2: Hawaii. yeah what is your favorite family vacation
1: Oh, uh, uh, like I said, anything where the family's all together and having fun. Uh, mm-hmm. I think I think that's just fine. I just love being with my family. And I think that's that's kind of my favorite job is being husband and dad.
2: Oh, lovely! So uh, nice. Thank you for those insights on on you personally and and in your career. So our guests always have one final question, and that is one, what one piece of advice would you give someone entering the industry?
1: Yeah, um, that's pretty simple actually. Um, Regardless of what you do, and it's probably advice I'd give to anybody, just keep Mm. on learning, keep on learning. It's particularly, uh, it's almost required, obligatory for cybersecurity professionals because the technology uh, landscape changes so quickly. Especially these days, and it keeps accelerating. But I think even more on a personal basis, you just be happier. You just keep learning things. I, I really think as human beings, we're just wired to take in information and, uh, and and integrate it. So and it's it's as to me anyway, it's as important as food and drink. Uh, I have to keep learning, and I think people need to keep learning as well. So cybersecurity, it's it's absolutely obligatory. Keep on learning, but uh, mm. in life in general, just to keep happy, yeah, keep that uh, keep learning as well
2: fantastic thank you so much for your time today Marco it's really great to hear all your thoughts and insights and a real pleasure to have you on the show
1: absolutely pleasure for me as well thanks guys I really
0: appreciate it thank you for listening to the show if you enjoyed it please do subscribe and give us a rating it really helps these stories to be found and enjoyed by more people for more information about Nuco, we can be found at www.nuco-group.com. That's N-E-U-C-O-group.com.